0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code Wondery at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E.com. Start your confidence journey today
1: with Byte. Hey friends, thanks for joining a podcast. I want to tell you about something really new and exciting called patreon.com/slash BP Show. It's a great way to get uh, exclusive interviews with newsmakers, voicemails, personalized videos, political commentary, and early access to a special podcast called The Making of Bernie Sanders. Go to Patreon.com/slash/BPShow. Patreon.com/slash/BPShow.
2: On your radio, on TV, and online, this is the Bill Press Show. Hey, what do you say? Here we
1: go. It's a Tuesday. Tuesday, June 13. Uh, Welcome to The Bill Press Show. Good to have you with us. We are joining you coast to coast on um, several different platforms. And it's good to see you wherever you happen to tune in today. It may be on YouTube, youtube.com slash The Bill Press Show. Maybe you're watching on Free Speech TV. How about it? Great to see you today. You're looking good. And on WCPT out in Chicago Uh, Those of you listening in on iTunes all around the country, checking out our podcast, too, every day on iTunes or just from uh, BillPressShow.com. Whatever or however you join us, great to see you today with lots to talk about. And thank you. We know you have a choice of many different airlines, but you're flying with us this morning, and we are very, very grateful. Uh, We need to hear from you, of course, as to what you think about the news of the day at BP Show and what you are doing to help celebrate workforce development week this is day 2 of workforce development week and it is uh it is so exciting uh all the different programs we're rolling out all the legislation we're passing uh everybody uh is into it following the leadership of our dear leader Donald Trump and his dear daughter uh Ivanka pardon me, Ivanka Trump who uh, I just saw her again on one of the cable channels this morning trying to make people le- believe that this is serious. So, yeah, that's yeah. all BS. On the heels it's of uh, infrastructure week, yeah. We've got more important things to talk things to talk about like let's start out with what about that cabinet meeting yesterday? Can First you all, freaking believe it? I just want to say before all we right, get started.
3: Okay. I I've worked in radio for a long long time. Yes. I've worked with a lot of different hosts and I just have to say you are the kindest uh, smartest, most handsome host I have ever worked with. And in terms of bosses, hmm. what a kind, uh, nurturing boss. I, what a blessing it is to have worked with can, Bill Press. Can I add Thank something? You. Jamie, do you have something it's, Yeah, you have to okay, say? Yeah. Uh, all right, would, uh, would you like to
0: I say, just, say something? I just Mr. want Benson? to say that I am truly honored to be able to work with you, our dear leader, <laughs> trusted... Uh, confidant yeah. uh, and just hero. But a hero en- is a good word. This entire staff. Hero is a good yeah. word. It is true, isn't it? That I- <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: It is yes. true that I am so wonderful. I am.
1: Uh, okay, Cyprian. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. Uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you just heard the uh, the recording. There are tapes at the White House. There Apparently, yes, there are tapes <laughs> at the White House, and you just heard the tapes uh, of the Donald Trump cabinet meeting yesterday. It was unbelievable. I mean, normally these cabinet meetings are pretty boring sessions, anyhow. And they just they you know they talk about business and they, but no 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 not not the Donald Trump cabinet meeting. He's reinvented everybody else, everything else. He might as well reinvent the cabinet meeting. So he starts out he starts out by talking about he spent twelve minutes before they told him how great he was. He spent twelve minutes talking himself about how great he was. There's never been a president like him.
2: I will say that never has there been a president with few exceptions. In the case of FDR, he had a major depression to handle. Who's passed more legislation, who's done more
1: Things and what we've done. Well, <laughs> first of all, first of all, you can't have it both ways. If there has never been one, you can't say there's never been one, with few exceptions. There's like, He
2: had a major a, depression to handle. There's a major
1: contradiction uh, in his very statement. But what do you expect from somebody who's doesn't speak the English language? Um, but the other thing is, it's just not true. He has accomplished nothing. We keep coming back to that. He goes out there and brags every day about all that he has accomplished. He hasn't done one damn thing. Didn't repeal Obamacare. I mean, by the way, you know, we don't want him to get these things done. But he didn't repeal. hasn't repealed Obamacare, hasn't built the wall, Doesn't has done nothing about tax reform, nothing about immigration. I mean, his travel ban— has been shot down yet again yesterday. I I don't know. I've lost count of how many times that that's been shot down. And, yeah, he signed a few pieces of legislation, none of which did anything. And he signed executive orders, most of which are just saying this is something we're going to think about doing. They haven't actually done anything. The last bill he signed renamed a federal building for former Senator Fred Thompson. There congratulations! Yeah, congratulations. On doing right. that. So then he says, after <laughs> making that outrageous claim, that he is the greatest president ever, ever, ever in the history of the country. If you don't believe it, just ask me, and I'll tell you. Is what Donald Trump says. He calls on the cabinet members. This is so embarrassing. Uh, they they got into it, and they all stepped up, and I'm sorry to be crude, kissed his ass. Starting with, licked his ass, starting with <laughs> Mike Pence.
2: Thank you, Mr. President, and uh, just the greatest privilege of my life is to serve as, as vice president to the president who's keeping his word to the American people and assembling a team that's bringing real change, real prosperity, real strength, back to our nation. Thank you, uh, Oh,
1: God. God. I know. Uh And then uh, Tom Price, uh, HHS secretary, came up and said, quote, what an incredible honor to lead the Department of Health and Human Services under your leadership. Jeff Sessions steps up. Mr. President, it's an honor to serve you. And the response is fabulous around the country. Reince Priebus, every day there's a story that Donald Trump is going to fire Reince Priebus. Reince previous, sucks him that up. Here he is.
2: On behalf of the entire senior staff around you, Mr. President, we thank you for the opportunity and the blessing that you've given us to serve your agenda and the American people, and we're con- continuing to work very hard every
1: day to accomplish those goals. It, uh, pardon me while he's so vomiting. Oh, it is embarrassing.
3: Have some self-respect. God. Good grief.
1: You know what they ought to be doing? They ought to be apologizing to the American people Yeah, for working for this madman and screwing the American people. That's what they ought to be doing. Instead, I mean, just these sycophants. They're worse than sycophants. And I'm telling you, this is North Korea. This is the way they hold cabinet meetings in North Korea. So, you know, what's the difference, right, between having a madman with a bad hair (laughs) assembling his cabinet around the table where they all go around and say, Dear leader, dear leader, what an honor, what a blessing. How, how blessed we are to be able to be in the same room with you and to serve you. There's no difference between Donald Trump and Kim Jong un. They are the same
3: person fat, bad hair, <laughs> egomaniac. <laughs> they should take that video of that cabinet meeting and put it on Pornhub because it is so over the top the way that they service that guy. Yeah. It's yeah. insane. It's insane. And, and, by the way, it was every single one of them.
1: Everyone. They went around the table. I mean, if we, if we had them all, you could talk about what Elaine Chow said, Rick Perry said, you know, the whole gang. Every one of them, in turn, uh, just was out outdoing themselves, right, for sucking up to— uh,
2: Obviously, he's a pretty smart cookie.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there he is. Yeah, because he's just like me. So, therefore, he's a very smart cookie. Uh, well, yeah, well, that was the cabinet meeting yesterday. Dear leader, dear leader, dear leader. Um, one of those cabinet members today, Jeff Sessions, uh, is going to have a busy day. He is uh, this afternoon, actually, not until two thirty, uh, East Coast time, going in front of the Senate Intelligence Committee. It's going to be James Comey's a hard act to follow, but Jeff Sessions is going to be very interesting today. One thing that we all have to watch: number a couple, a lot of things. But one of one of the first things is, will you know? There's such a thing as senatorial courtesy, and certainly when he had his last time he testified. Um, his confirmation hearing, his former, well, then they were still fellow senators, even though they might disagree with him politically. uh, They extended him all these courtesies. They treated him with great respect. He was one of them, right? That's what they do. That's the way the Senate works. This time, I think it's going to be a little different, and it should be a little different. Because now he's no longer a senator. He's the Attorney General of the United States, and he's a total stooge of Donald Trump. He has proven that over and over and over again. And he's done some things that are really worth questioning. He has crossed the line in several different ways. So I think that um, the Democrats on the Senate Intelligence Committee, uh, and you might think of some other things they're going to ask, but for the, right, the, the, the things that I want to hear them talk about is what... How many meetings did you have with uh, Kislyak, the Russian ambassador? Uh, how many meetings did you have? Why didn't you report them all? And what did you talk to him about? And were you talking about sanctions? And were you talking about back-channel communications? Or what was the purpose of all these meetings? Why did you have so many meetings with the Russians and, uh, and maybe with uh, no, no other foreign ambassadors? Uh, and by the way, uh, why did you recuse yourself? from the Russian investigation? What what did you think you had done wrong that required you to recuse yourself? What did you hear from the president after you recused yourself? Reports are that he's not very happy with you and you even threatened to resign because of it. So what about the, 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 uh, the, the reaction of Donald Trump to that? And if you had recused yourself, uh, Mr. Sessions, from the Russian investigation, then why did you take a public role, and such a role, in firing James Comey, who was the head of the Russian investigation, when, again, you said you were going to recuse yourself from it. So, didn't you violate your own rule in writing uh, or delivering that memo and meeting with the President of the United States to discuss firing the head of the Russian investigation when you were supposed to have nothing to do with it? And, by the way, Mr. Attorney General, if you, again, had recused yourself What were you doing interviewing candidates for the new FBI director to take over the Russian investigation? Again, aren't you violating your own rules to that? And, Mr. Attorney General, what do you think about rumors now that Donald Trump may fire Robert Mueller? That's what was storming, uh, racing around this Capitol yesterday, word that a friend of the president's, Christopher ruddy uh went on p b s was saying this to people and he actually went on news hour last night with Judy Woodruff uh Chris ruddy from Newsmax Newsmax, yeah and said this is what the president is considering I think he's considering um perhaps terminating uh the special counsel I think he's he's weighing that option I think it's pretty clear by what one of his lawyers said on television recently mm-hmm Jesus. That would be. I can't believe that the White House. I can't believe Donald Trump is dumb enough to do that. I think it would be. The, I think it would be right away the
3: end of his presidency. But you know what? He is crazy enough to do it. Absolutely. If you don't think he's going to do this, I, look. I don't know if he's going to do I it. But firing I'm, Comey
1: was crazy. This would be even crazier. This would be even if crazier. If he fired Comey, he could fire Mueller. Absolutely.
3: Yeah, absolutely. He could absolutely do this. And I think he will. What's going to stop him? Right.
0: The Republicans aren't going to stop him. The big question is, does he do a press conference in the Rose Garden for it? <sighs> At this point, why not? Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah exactly.
1: Uh, well, the Marine Band not busy this afternoon. Maybe you could do it this afternoon <laughs> to get the Marine Band in, a little jazz band. You know, little, yeah. Mm-hmm. Have a little buffet. you know. Well, right. By the way,
3: this is uh, we got a couple of comments on Twitter. We're tweeting at BP Show, at BP Show. Some of these are about Jeff Sessions, <laughs> but also about just the Republicans in general. Uh, Brian says they're prot- protecting Trump at all costs. Jeff Sessions will do it even if he needs to lie. Yes, he's dumb enough to lie under oath. He's already proven that already. Uh, again on Jeff Sessions, Sue says I expect him to lie and get caught in those lies. If he's smart, he'll throw... <laughs> <laughs> mommy issues pence <laughs> under the bus mother Mo- mother mother pence <laughs>
2: mother pence right thank you mr president and uh just the greatest privilege of my life mm. donald
3: donald trump is now mother uh and uh one other quick comment here from uh turd ferguson what up turd ferguson uh, Donald Trump's plan is working, trying to get people to talk about that meeting instead of the Sessions testimony today. Don't fall well, for it. I don't buy that, by the uh, way. No, I don't think uh, this no. is some grand plan to no. divert people's attention from Jeff Sessions. Right, right. I think he uh, just loves uh, having his ass kissed.
1: Yeah, right. Uh, and by the way, we're talking about both here. So uh, uh, so uh, uh, what Donald Trump um, might do, um, if, uh, if Jeff Sessions says anything— Uh, not 100% kosher as far as Donald Trump is concerned, Uh, Donald Trump might call him a liar. Oh, no. He would call somebody a liar? Oh, no. Not Donald Trump. (laughs) Thanks to Dana Milbank from the Washington Post this morning, who, um, after Donald Trump, the last person called a liar, of course, is uh, James Comey, is a liar and a leaker. Worse, even worse. Uh, Dana Milbank this morning has a list of people that Donald Trump has called a liar. So, actually... James Comey is in uh, pretty good company. He has, uh, in in no particular order, uh, either um, by a public statement or a tweet or a retweet, Donald Trump has called the following uh, a liar. How much time do we have? Do we have time to read this? (laughs) Uh, I'll go through it pretty quickly. Here we go. Liars. According to Donald Trump. Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, Ben Carson, John Kasich, Jeb Bush, George W. Bush, the Bush dynasty, fellow GOP presidential candidates, all candidates, John McCain, Barack Obama, the Obama administration, Hillary Clinton, Tim Kaine, Nancy Pelosi, Bernie Sanders, all Democrats, the Senate, George Will, GOP strategist, Rick Tyler. The Club for Growth, the media, of course, reporters, journalists, fake news media, CNN, The New York Times, The New York Post, and the New York Daily News, Chris Cuomo, Megan Kelly, Dana Perino, John King, Wall Street editorialist Mary Kissel, China, doctors, baseballs, Alex Rodriguez, Star Jones, an Ebola patient, and Edward Snowden, so far.
3: Pretty good list. Seems like a short list. Uh, yeah,
1: I think there are. <laughs> I think more. there
3: are a few names missing, but
1: uh, though. So, so when he calls, uh, maybe Jeff Sessions a liar on top of James Comey a liar, uh, they aren't the only ones. Yes, indeed. Uh, one little one little note here, by the way. The Secret Service said yesterday that they don't have any tapes, which does not mean the tapes don't exist. Right. By the way, I'm not really sure what I mean. It just means that. There was uh, one of the news organizations filed a freedom of information request with the Secret Service for any tapes they hold of conversations with Donald Trump and anybody else, including James Comey. And the Secret Service says, hey, we don't have them. If they exist, we don't have them. If they exist, only Donald Trump knows where they are. Meanwhile. uh, By the
3: way, do you think the tapes exist? Yes. Do you? Mm -hmm. I do, too. I'm skeptical, but then at the same time, like, it would absolutely be something that he would do. It
1: would do. be so Trumpian, so classic Trumpian. Or
3: they don't exist and
0: he this has spurned him to start taping.
3: <laughs> right. Maybe he's, maybe he's starting
0: now.
1: I also believe that they don't exist, meaning because he lies about everything. He lies about everything. Uh, and, you know, th- th- so the fact that he won the po- popular vote. Right. Right. Doesn't exist either.
3: And the biggest electoral win by any president ever.
1: But that's right. But the one thing you have to say is whatever Donald Trump is doing, it is working because the American people are just absolutely in love with him. And they do think that he is probably the best president we've ever had. Uh, That was reflected yesterday in the latest Gallup tracking poll, which came out. Uh, Donald Trump's disapproval rating. Those who do not do not think he is doing a good job of president is now the highest it's ever been at 59%. So 6 out of 10 Americans don't disapprove, don't like the job Donald Trump is doing. 36% say that's his approval rating, which is the lowest it's ever been, and that's his base, right? Yeah. Th- those are the people that he famously said he could shoot some out on Fifth Avenue And shoot somebody and they wouldn't care.
2: Yeah, that's where we are now.
1: He could brag about grabbing women by their genitals and these are people who wouldn't care. He could fire James Comey. He could fire Robert Mueller. These are the people who wouldn't care. So basically, I don't care about them either. Uh, On on another front, bad news on the travel ban yesterday. So uh, last month, the 4th circuit in virginia uh when the you know, the travel ban of course uh the muslim travel ban uh was shot down earlier by the Ninth circuit and then by the 4th circuit the trump administration has been appealing uh the the holds that those two um appeals courts after after lower courts shot down the travel ban the appeals courts Uh, confirmed what the lower court said that is blatantly, on the surface, unconstitutional. Mainly, they said, what they used as evidence, based on things that Donald Trump had said that this was, meaning a Muslim travel ban. So, again, the two appeals courts, last month the Trump administration appealed the decision, asked the Fourth um, Circuit to reconsider. They did, and they voted against the travel ban yesterday the trump administration had asked the ninth circuit to to uh they had filed an appeal with the ninth circuit uh out in california and the ninth circuit yesterday just like the fourth circuit said no we stand by our ruling this is an unconstitutional uh, ban violates the constitution of the united states we rule against it and in their ruling yesterday they cited As evidence that this is indeed a travel ban, a tweet that Donald Trump made, sent out just last Friday, June, no, I'm sorry, Monday, a week ago, yesterday, a week ago, on June 5, Donald Trump tweeted. So this isn't something he said as a candidate. This isn't something he said when he signed the executive order, the travel ban. This is something a week ago he tweeted out, quote, that's right. We need a, all caps, travel ban for certain, all caps, dangerous countries, not some politically correct term that won't help us protect our people. He tweeted that a week ago yesterday. And yesterday, the Ninth Circuit quoted that tweet from Donald Trump as proving that this is indeed a travel ban. I'm telling you, he is his own worst enemy.
3: By the way, remember, that's why his lawyers keep saying, stop tweeting. Yeah, we and can't it, represent you if you keep undercutting us. Remember a couple of weeks ago when uh, George Conway, Kellyanne Conway's husband, tweeted about that very specific tweet about the travel ban. He says, yeah. these tweets may make some people feel better, but they certainly won't help the Office of Solicitor General get five votes in the Supreme Court which is what actually matters. Sad. And he goes on to explain, even if you are in favor of this ban, whatever you want to call it, it is a ban, Muslim ban, travel ban, whatever, Uh, even if you are in favor of this, these off-the-cuff remarks are official statements from the President of the United States. And so it might just be a quick opinion that he's throwing out there, but they They are a matter of public record when you're examining what the intent is of this law. And so George Conway and others who are even sympathetic to the president say, shut up. Yeah. (laughs) Just shut
1: up. Look, Sean Spicer said tweets, these tweets are the official pronouncements of the president of the United States. Yeah. They they are meaningful. And so the courts absolutely are taking them into consideration. (coughs) Pardon me. And then yesterday at, uh, at our briefing at the White House, Sean Spicer was asked about, um, about the travel ban, uh, and he makes this outrageous statements about every attorney, every lawyer agrees that
4: the president has a right to do this. When you look at what the law is in the U.S. code that allows the president to do whatever he is to, that's what we were deciding on. And frankly, I think any lawyer uh, worth their salt 100 percent agrees that the president is fully within uh, his, his rights and his responsibilities to do what is necessary to protect the country. Well, yeah. hardly. I
1: mean, what we've seen so far is, right, that <laughs> there was a court in Seattle, a court in Hawaii, a court in California and a court in Virginia all said, uh-uh. This is unconstitutional. And then we had the Fourth Circuit in Virginia and then the Ninth Circuit in California say, uh, we agree this is unconstitutional. Last month, we had the Fourth Circuit reaffirm. They put a hold on the travel ban, reaffirm the hold on the travel ban because they said, no, no, we agree. It's unconstitutional. And yesterday, the Ninth Circuit said yet again also, no, we reaffirm based on Donald Trump's tweet uh, that this is unconstitutional. So there isn't one court yet that has agreed with Donald Trump's travel ban. No. And Sean Spicer yesterday saying Our lawyers agree 100% that he's got the right to do this.
3: No, they don't. No, they don't. Just stop lying. Loss after loss after, after loss. loss after loss. And so it never ends.
1: Trump tweeted this morning, you know, onto the um, attack in the Ninth Circuit and tweeting this morning onto the Supreme Court. Yeah, good. Let's go to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court's not going to go along with this anyhow. And just one final thing before we want to get into the uh, defense budget and James Mattis arguing for $600 billion for the Pentagon yesterday. Before we do, just the lead story Uh, in the New York Times this morning is about a big, huge protest across Russia yesterday in over 100 cities, all coordinated, Protesters turned out in huge, huge numbers, uh, people turned out, Russians, to to protest the corruption and the policies of the Russian government under Vladimir Putin. And I saw that story, and I'm wondering, why aren't Americans out in the streets? Seriously, what is it that propels the Russians to go out in the street and, and protest Vladimir Putin's policies? And Americans are not out in the street in record numbers to protest Donald Trump. What what are we doing? What's wrong with us, right? We should be out there. There was a moment where we. You guys just as dangerous as Vladimir Putin.
3: There was a moment where we did. Right after he was inaugurated, and I think that a lot of people have settled in and realized that, like, yeah, well, well, we're not going to get rid of him in the first couple well, of weeks.
0: You know, the other thing our friend, have another march. Our yeah. friend Ben Wickler at MoveOn has noted that he's been talking to senators and congressmen, saying that there's not as many calls as there was a couple of months ago. Yeah, so see? start people. calling your elected officials You know again. what?
1: Don't, don't
0: relax. You, know, you can't uh-uh. relax. No, no. You can't don't,
3: accept
1: this. Don't let go and don't just roll over and say, well, we're going to be stuck with Donald Trump for four years No, no. we got to keep up the resistance. Yes, indeed. Um, with all the problems that we've got and all the needs that we have, are we going to throw $600 billion to the Pentagon? Lacey Healy from Stimson's Budgeting for Foreign Affairs and Defense Program
2: joins us
0: next. The president is the president of the United States, so... They're considered official statements by the President of the United States.
2: Download our podcast, search for The Bill Press Show on iTunes, and remember to rate, review, and subscribe. This is The Bill Press Show. same great show new great channel stream live video at youtube.com slash the bill press show make it tuesday june 13 how about it hello
1: everybody great to see you thank you for joining us here at the bill press show in washington dc is where you find us but we end up uh, alongside of you where you are in this great land of ours uh on youtube youtube.com slash the bill press show free speech tv at and uh, out in the Chicago area on WCPT. We're brought to you today by the International Association of Firefighters. Yes, indeed. Under President Harold Shateberger. Men and women of our fire departments on the front lines every day protecting American families. Um, we appreciate uh, their service and their, their great work and their support of the program. Check out their website at IAFF.org. A big hearing yesterday. In the uh, House Armed Services Committee, uh, there's a lot of talk about a trillion dollars uh, trillion dollars for infrastructure. Nothing's happening on that front. But there's also talk about billions and billions and billions more for the Pentagon. Uh, and Congress is eager to talk about that, which they did at the House Armed Services Committee yesterday with Secretary of Defense James Mattis there saying, we're, you know, basically we're going to have to um, shut down the Pentagon if you don't give us Right away, an additional $600 billion.
2: Sixteen years of war, the worsening security environment, contested operations in multiple domains, and the rapid pace of technological change requires stable budgets and increased funding to provide for the protection of our citizens and for the survival of our freedoms.
1: Yep, and for years and years and years, the military has been declining, says the Secretary, and it's going to take us a lot of years to to bounce back.
2: It took us years to get into this situation. It will require years of stable budgets and increased funding to get out of it.
1: Uh, I thought we had the biggest military budget, defense budget, uh, in or war budget, whatever, in the entire planet, and have for a long time. Uh, what is the truth about uh, the state, shape of status of our military? And the need for that extra funding. Uh Lacey Healy joins us from the from Stimson. Stimson's a think tank specializing in foreign affairs and defense program. Hi Lacey, good to see you.
5: Hi, thanks so much for having me.
1: So let's start. I mean, just if if you had to take a look at the American military, I mean, are we in pretty good shape?
5: The American military is in pretty good shape. The the budget, in particular, is in pretty good shape. It's it's uh, as high as it's ever been. It's it's uh, rivaling the Reagan buildup. We're looking at you know really serious budgets here. Well,
1: what is it? It's, it, it, it's-
5: it's over six hundred billion dollars this year. It's, it is, uh, yeah. It's and and that's that includes uh, base and war spending. The war spending account is over eighty billion dollars uh, uh-huh. just on its own, and that's been increasing in recent years. In fact, the the war spending account, because the wars have drawn down significantly. Uh, and technically we 're still involved in operations, but we 're not supposed to still be conducting wars uh, the war uh, war count was drawing down really significantly uh, down to around the fifties in the last couple of years, and now that 's bumped right back up under Trump up to about eighty billion Do
1: You know what we 're spending small. in Afghanistan
5: uh it's actually this uh, the largest portion of that money is is going toward Afghanistan uh the still a, a very significant I, I don't know the exact numbers but around half of that money is going toward uh, toward Afghanistan another sort of small a, a very small portion really is going toward what most people consider
1: but i've heard of 3 billion a month is that
5: that That could still be the case. I'm not sure what the monthly numbers are, but the, it it still is a really large portion of of what we're spending on the wars overseas. And that doesn't even count what we have in the base budget, which is sort of the the equipment procurement and all of the basics, all the health care, all the other things that are the the additional costs that that go into fighting a war. How?
1: So, if we're six hundred billion dollars, how does that compare with what other countries spend on their military?
5: Oh, it's it it uh, encompasses our next somewhere around next ten allies, Uh, and the next the next ten countries combined. Yes, combined. Yeah, it's it's a lot of it's you can combine quite a few. Uh, countries into our military Jesus budget.
3: Christ. I, like, I'm reminded of what Obama used to say uh, about how certain things need a scalpel instead of a hatchet. It feels like we're throwing like a hatchet of money at this problem instead of using it smarter. I know that's a. I think we need a hatchet for the military budget. Well, <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, in a totally <laughs> other way. But they're just like, yeah. it's not even like surgically putting money where well, it needs to go. It's just like, here's just a ton of money
5: really interesting point on that they don't even have the right people in place right now to have a strategy the trump administration as we all know has has had a slow going all uh, oh, right all the democrats stock-
3: blocking the nominations oh, Yes. right <laughs> right 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 all right, those right, nominations
5: right. they haven't made right so <laughs> right. they they have they don't have the people in place right now to actually do any of those strat- they so they have strategy documents underway is is what they're doing. They're they're working on these strategy documents. So they've come out and said, this budget essentially means nothing. We don't have a strategy behind it. We're just going to throw some billions of dollars in 50 50- Four billion. It's a lot of money. Holy we're God. just going to throw over $50 billion at this budget because, you know, we feel like there's not enough money at the, in in our current Pentagon spending. Uh, and, you know, we'll get back to you next year with the actual rationale for why we're doing it.
1: Well, you know, I've been following <laughs> this for a, a long time. And uh, in general, not not – I mean I'm no expert on the military budget. I mean just federal spending, federal government, federal policies in general following for a long time. I am. N- I never can remember a year where any president said, military is just fine the way it is. In fact, we can cut a little <laughs> bit out of the military. Every single freaking year, we hear the same crap, right? That, oh, it, it, the Pentagon's in such bad shape, boy. You know, if we don't just pump more and more money in the Pentagon, I mean, it, it's a bottomless
5: pit. Yeah, and, and it's an easy argument to make, right? Because how much is safety worth to I the know. American people? And so who knows? So when you're making, yeah, when you're... Right. Exactly. So the, it's very hard to put a number on it. Most people don't understand that what the bureaucracy, bureaucracy looks like. So they don't understand where the, that money is going.
1: Uh, These are the defense contractors who are taking us for a ride.
5: Yeah, defense contract- right. contracting has has risen significantly, and that's if you look yeah. at so, operations and maintenance costs, for example, which is one big pot of spending in the Pentagon's budget. It's risen r- d- d- sharply over the over the past few years to the point that actually, if you calculate the cost of a single of fielding a single troop, it's gone from one million dollars in two thousand eight to almost six or billion dollars to almost. Million billion to one to almost six in the just the past few years from 2008 to now. So and that's partially because of the the rising O and M costs, which is the rising costs of contractors. And, right and So of that what are they
1: what are they saying they need to spend this money on? Are we talking about we're building more aircraft carriers, more nuclear submarines, more bombers? I don't know what
3: fighter. More planes? mother of all bombs. Yeah. Right.
5: <laughs> yeah, so a lot of this money uh a lot of this money is going to war spending. A lot of this money is going to uh you know what we call readiness, so it's going sort of into that that O&M. It's going into but is the a little obsolete, bit of obsolete, for example. Of course not. We have you know, we have the best fleet in the world. We're we're we that spending has bought us you know significant a significant yeah, right. force that's much better than anyone else's. So we're looking at but you know we always want to rebuild things right. So we're rebuilding our entire uh, military or our our entire nuclear complex for example. We're re- rebuilding all three legs of the triad and rebuilding the the, uh, the the labs as well. We're we're rebuilding every nuclear weapon that we have and this is all in the name of of deterrence, because we never plan to use it, so is, we just.
1: Is that all part of the military budget, or is that? That
5: is all part of the military budget. It's not part
1: of energy. Uh, all
5: of that. So there's a piece that that is in energy, but it actually the way it all lines up, it's part of the six hundred, part of the over six hundred billion. It's it right. uh, it gets lumped in with the military budget.
1: And uh, the the planes that we have and the bombers that we have are they are they considered obsolete anyway
5: they're they're not i mean we have uh there even some of the planes you know for example you're things like the a10 that the pentagon has been trying to uh trying to to retire for the past few years uh, you know folks are coming back and saying no we love the a10 we we want it, we want to keep flying the a10 it's a great plane i i flew it my grandfather flew it it's it's still running right and actually the pentagon now has said mm-hmm. that they won't be retiring the a10 so It's, you know, we're always trying to, you know, field the newest technology, build something new. And then we get, we end up with boondoggles like the F 35, where we sort of try to do too much all at once and and it doesn't always work out.
1: And bases around the world, aren't there? I mean, we're still in places we've been for 50 years and wars that have come and gone, and yet we're still, right? Bases around the world, bases in the
5: country, bases, bases, bases inside the U.S. that uh, shouldn't still be open, that any that if we were if if Trump was carrying out his good business practices as a good businessman, he would be closing some of these bases. And actually, you know, he and uh, and President Obama and successive presidents have proposed that we have another round of of BRAC, another base realignment and closure round Uh, Congress won't stand for it because uh that means that they might have to talk to their constituencies and explain. And explain that? Yeah. Yeah. Why why some of those bases need to be closed and, and they don't want to do that. So so, you know, we're we're keeping excess infrastructure around that we don't need. We're uh you know there's tons of tons of money in the Pentagon that, you know, the Pentagon hasn't even conducted an audit. They don't really even know where it is. A lot of this money, the war spending, actually goes to the Pentagon, and it it all gets thrown in one big pot, and then they pull out war and base spending that are supposed to have entirely different structures for their use and regulations for their use, and they throw it all in one big pot, and then they then they just pull from it. So, you know, there's a lot of just sort of money floating around that that we we don't have track of. They, that's...
1: And what about... I mean, to, that's reassuring. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's no waste in the Pentagon. Oh, no. No, no. What about technology in the sense that, I mean, let's take drones, for example. Maybe the most obvious example is that uh, I would think that flying a drone and doing drone strikes is a lot cheaper than putting troops on the ground, right? Right. Yeah, or a, a lot cheaper than a fighter plane you know, going in and, and doing that attack. So hasn't that... Kind of reduce the cost of of operations in certain areas.
5: Interestingly enough, uh, we're doing a lot of actually relative, you know, relative to other to past wars, relative to to big you know, time war fighting that we did years and years ago. Uh, a lot of the oper- type of operations that we do now, you know, cyber operations, operations against. ISIL, we're yeah. dropping bombs, uh, flying drones, all of these things. You know, the 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 research costs, the costs of sort of developing those things, those are significant. But the costs of actually fielding them are are, you know, relatively less. But what we're doing is we're still preparing to fight the big war, uh, you know, potentially against China or another adversary. So we're building that whole complex, we're keeping it you know, in mothballs, waiting for the time when it might need to be used, and you know these are things like sort of maintaining three legs of the nuclear triad. You, the that's that's a very, you know, significant effort toward deterrence and and toward you know deterring uh, a threat that you know, is very different today than it once was. Uh, and we're, you know, investing in all those things, and then we're putting the other things on top of them, essentially. So we have, yeah. you know, we're just adding to the pot all the time, uh, without. It's just like, I
3: don't know. yeah, without uh, without
1: questioning at all. We're, yeah. We're potential savings. I want to get into the nuclear thing in just a second, but um, you've alluded a couple of times. It, again, I know nothing about this, so we're learning a lot from you. But it isn't the basic premise still? That we have to be prepared to fight two major, all-out, old-fashioned kind of war.
5: Yeah, So that has shifted a little bit over time, and and but, but, different wasn't that different presidents. Us for a long time? But that is that is still driving our our policies essentially, and these strategy but, I mean, how documents. How realistic is that? Yeah, it's. I mean that it, that
1: happened again.
5: Yeah, it's it's uh it, it's it's pretty unrealistic. It's you know you you could I think go round and round all day with the folks at the Pentagon about this or with 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 folks in the military about this because it's it's you know, contingency planning again just sort of like explaining how much how much safety is worth is very hard. You know what's possible? I don't know. Donald Trump is president a lot of things are possible so it's it, it's hard to to really explain to someone that you know enough preparation is you know too much preparation is too much preparation, too much money is too much money, uh, when you're talking about the military. Uh, but the reality is that that you know too much is too much, and the big, really big problem is, you know, if you're if you're not looking at it strategically, if you're just throwing money at the pot and you're and you're not going back and you're ridding us of waste and ridding us of wasteful uh, missions and and spaces where we're spending money, then then we're really getting ourselves into a boondoggle.
1: I mean, whatever. If there is, God forbid, another worldwide conflagration, right? It's not going to look like World War II. It's not going to be, or or Vietnam. It's not going to be five hundred thousand American troops on the ground anywhere. It seems to me. No, and these days, I mean, and actually, it's going to be cyber warfare. It's going to be airstrikes. It's going to be drones and whatever.
5: And where a lot of the time, cruise missiles. because we are stuck in this this construct of this sort of this old you know fighting two wars at the same time and and uh, you know building up for sort of a traditional war with china or whoever it might be we often fall behind in in things like the the you know Gray zone conflicts, things, things that Russia's doing, thing, things that uh, are way outside the box, the mm-hmm. stuff that we don't expect, the the cyber stuff, all all the the sort of conflicts that you know we're very busy doing all the things we've always done, and you know a lot of these other countries and terrorists and and other folks, they're thinking, how can I. Have the most impact for the least money and the least manpower, and you know what can I do that's that's really you know not just outside the box, but but really really terrible, uh, and and we're not as good at anticipating those things because we're we're you know we just haven't shifted our strategy in that way.
1: Lacey Healy with us from Stimson Stimson's budgeting for foreign affairs and defense program. It's stimson.org. Is that the website? It is. Stimson S T I M S O N. Dot org all right now, on the nuclear front um one would think right that we have been in a uh, for decades now uh, in a um, a progression of lowering the number of reducing the number of nuclear weapons we had toward the goal that even Ronald Reagan espoused of one day getting rid of nuclear weapons altogether. What I hear you 're saying is we 're actually building more now.
5: So we're Rather not building more nuclear weapons so much, but we're rebuilding all the ones that we have. We are uh, – so we have three different ways to deliver a nuclear weapon by land, by air, and by sea. Uh, and we are rebuilding the planes. We're rebuilding the submarines. We're rebuilding the ICBM launchers to to launch uh, – uh, from on the land and there we are still are, silos
1: with nuclear
5: there are yes uh yeah and and they're still you know good morning still mis- yeah. misleaders good morning, everybody and yeah. <laughs> folks whose job it is to to sit down in those silos and wait for the for, for the word to to essentially you know press the button uh yeah so it's it's a it's a very um Old school structure, uh, interesting thing. You know, as cyber is is sort of coming into the mix. Actually, what we're doing is we're 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 quote unquote modernizing all of these things, which could make them theoretically more vulnerable to things like cyber. When we're actually talking, yeah, to, and a lot of right. times, analog is better. You know, bring bringing things online is uh, is not great. Uh, particularly when you're talking about something like nuclear weapons so we're we're rebuilding all three of those legs and then we're also uh doing what they call life extension programs on the warheads themselves which uh which is essentially rebuilding the warheads so that they're they're a, they're a new bomb but they're uh but they're technically not a new bomb
3: meet the new bomb same as the old bomb exactly right. <laughs> uh and
1: is the uh, is the idea that uh I mean we do have this mm <laughs> Deterrent. Po- I mean, th- that's a deterrent policy, but the idea is that we might actually use these.
5: Yeah, I mean, there are some folks who would argue, uh, particularly with regard. You'll hear more and more floating around Washington, folks talking about the use of tactical nuclear weapons, yeah. which are yeah. the smaller. Yeah, no, I'm getting at. Yeah, right. the, you, and they'll say, oh, you can,
3: weapons somehow
5: yeah. I don't feel better about <laughs>
3: that. That doesn't make me feel any better about them.
5: <laughs> you can dial up and oh, down the yield. It's a
3: smaller nuclear weapon. Right.
5: No big deal. Very targeted. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh. yeah, yeah, no, it's not great. So, uh, yeah, some folks will say, "Oh well, you know, it's it's." Uh, they'll compare the size of of the damage to you know a very very large conventional bomb, uh, but then you know you've also got the fun added benefit of radiation and all of the other things that That's come like along with a we, nuclear y- weapon. You got in
3: a car accident, you broke both of your legs, but not your arms and your legs. It's it's <laughs> bad, but uh. plus,
1: whoever uses one first. It's not going to stop there.
5: No, and whoever I, uses one first is most likely, uh, you know, uh, using it on a country. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, Russia, for example. We're probably, you know, we we talk a lot about the possible use of tactical nuclear weapons with Russia. Russia also has tactical nuclear weapons, but they also have the bigger strategic, huge nuclear weapons. And you know, Russia has a choice: they can come back with a tactical nuclear weapon, or they can just hit us with the big one, and. You're taking a huge risk there. Yeah. going anywhere near nuclear conflict is You're a huge not related risk.
1: Related to this is something that um, uh, that I've talked about with our friend Joe Cirincione from the Plowshares Fund is that you still have following around the president of the United States, the guy with the football. And if there's a warning that there's a potential nuclear attack, that one man, the president of the United States... Right, doesn't have to consult with Congress. Doesn't have to do anything. It's the, it's him in the in the and the nuclear and the football. And he's got what five minutes or something. Mm-hmm. Make a decision, put that code in there, and then we're off to nuclear war.
5: And not just that, but I mean that I, decision, yeah.
1: the idea that that a thing with horrific consequences, uh, which could easily go like really really badly wrong, is all in the hands of one person. I don't care if it's a Democrat or Republican. But particularly, I do care if it's Donald Trump, right? Right. But it's frightening. I just think it's – I mean, it's long past time that we ought to reconsider uh, the authority to launch a nuclear war and not leave it in the hands of one person.
5: Absolutely, and and you know, it, it, believing it in the hands of one person. I always go back to the stories about you know Nixon, particularly in in the very last days of his presidency, had problems with drinking. He had problems with you know with anger and and a lot of things. And it, there were a few incidents where uh, one incident where we almost had a nuclear conflict, and Nixon was asleep because he was passed out, so he wouldn't have been able to respond by putting in the code. Uh, and Another incident where he <laughs> he, he, he called up Kissinger and said, "Let's drop a nuke on them." Yeah, what and, the hell? And said, "Let's do it." And yeah. and uh, and that that was with North Korea. And you know, had Kissinger not had such a level head and and known that Nixon was prone to, to the drink, uh-uh. uh, he <laughs> he may have gone forward. So you, when you're depending on one person in any instance mm-hmm. to make Is such a serious terrifying? decision, yeah, no. I
3: get drunk and I order bad pizza. <laughs> He could get drunk and order, like, an honest-to-God nuclear war. That's great. That's comforting. So I guess we should be glad
1: that Donald Trump only... He Coke says is he's a, not a drinker. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's pretty clear. Diet Coke may be as strong as he goes. but All right, so let's circle back where we started. Where does this outrageous request for this uh, $600 billion go next? Uh, is it likely to get through Congress?
5: So it's it's the This part of the budget, I will say the whole rest of the budget, because they cut everything else to pay for this uh is very unlikely to get through Congress. They're okay, going to push back right. on that a lot. This one probably will though, and i I'll be interested but I to thought, see what happened
1: to the sequester,
5: yeah, so <laughs> what they do with it is they take all of that money uh and there's a cap right, so you've got six hundred yeah, yeah, billion dollars yeah. there's a five hundred and something billion dollar cap. They'll put that 500 and something billion dollars into the base budget, and they'll put all the rest of it into what's called uh, overseas contingency operations. Uh-oh. It's the war spending account, and it's it's uh, oh. it's essentially it's become a loophole so to it's the an cap and
1: run around the uh, sequester. Huh? It is, yeah. and
5: they'll continue to say that Bastards. oh we're compliant with law. <laughs> Domestic and defense spending are the same, but then, oh, we've got this really sweet little slush fund over here that's, that's you know, $80 billion plus. Well,
1: uh, Lacey, you've got to be our watchdog on this, all right? We want you to continue to fight the good fight and maybe make some sense and get some allies among the Democrats in Congress who might be able to slow it down. It's Stimson's Budgeting, Stimson.org. Thanks, Lacey, for coming in. Guess who's so back? Igor Volsky is back from Think Progress this Action Fund. This is Fun. the we'll Bill right back. Press Show. Well, let's see. He fired Pahara. He fired Sally Yates. He fired James Comey. And now they say he might even fire Robert Mueller. Oh, my God. Hello, everybody. What do you say? It's Tuesday, January 13. Great to see you today. Happy, happy, happy uh, Workforce Development Week. Yes, that's what we're celebrating. That's the focus of the entire week. <laughs> Nobody is talking about it <laughs> except Ivanka Trump and maybe once in a while her daddy. Um, But uh, we just want you to know what's going on. Thank you for joining us here on The Bill Press Show, coming to you live, of course, from Washington, D.C., with all the news of the day. And we welcome back to the program our good friend from the Center for American Progress Action Fund, host of his own podcast now, a Thinking (laughs) Cap podcast. Mr. Igor Volsky. Hello, Igor. Good morning, Igor. Bill, Before
4: you? we start, I just want to, uh, on behalf uh, of everyone here, the whole team, yes. I want to thank you for letting us be a part of your show this morning. It's a blessing and the honor of our lives to be here with you.
3: And look, I've said this before. Uh, Bill is the kindest, nicest, he smartest, really most handsome man I've ever had the pleasure of working with in my entire career. Uh, I feel
0: very blessed. It is blessed. true. It is true. Yeah. I just feel incredibly lucky. I never before have I experienced such a wonderful environment to work in, true. and someone that is just so yeah. confident true. in leading us. Believe yeah. me. Believe it's me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Believe me. Uh, Cyprian. <laughs> <laughs> Next.
1: <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> Uh, a cabinet meeting unlike any that we have ever seen before. Our dear leader. Yes, our dear leader. Um, Kim Jong-un, Donald Trump. They're the same person. Uh, who, who knows the difference? They're yeah, the same why, person. Right. Lots to talk about with Igor.
3: We'll get right to it. And all of you. But first.
2: This is the Full Court Press.
3: Just a couple of other stories making news. In the last hour, we told you that the NBA Finals have a new champion, oh, Golden State yes, Warriors. Yes. They won their second championship in three years. Now, here is something very interesting. According to media reports and not put out an official statement, the Golden State Warriors have made the unanimous team decision that they will not be coming to the White House to celebrate oh, no, their really? NBA Finals win. Now, this is customary. Of course, yesterday uh, the Clemson Tigers came to the White House because they won the college uh, football championship. But the Golden State Warriors have said they are not going to do that, which is a move I respect.
1: I wonder if more teams are going to do that. It'd be interesting to see. Mm. Yeah.
3: I mean, look. So far, I don't think any team has unanimously yeah. done oh. it. Right? The oh, Patriots no, no. came and there were and there were some players who didn't show up. Yeah. Uh, but I think this is great. I'm all. But for he had it. a team there last week. I forget. I think. I mean, Forgot other teams have week. come in. Yeah, other teams point. have come in. But no-
0: I think the Penguins are going to show up.
3: Yeah, you can probably
0: bank on that.
3: Yeah. Um, uh, How about some good news? This is a good story. I like this. In New York City, they are starting to see humpback whales in the waters off of New York City. This is no joke. This is no joke. They're seeing them come back. They haven't seen, they haven't been there in a century. But they said that the water quality around New York City has gotten so much better. They've actually cracked down on a lot of the pollutants that used to go in there.
4: with Trump now spending all of his time in D.C. Oh, yeah, exactly. Purifying the water.
3: Water quality, the booming algae and zooplankton life, they've given plenty of food for... I mean, the Hudson River, they really... They have really cleaned, cleaned it up. It up. Yeah, yeah, they really cleaned yeah. it up. They said that until the uh, Clean Water Act in 1977, New York City's waters were a complete dumping ground for things like medical waste and factory mm. runoff. And it was just totally gross. And they didn't even make an effort until, like I said, 1977. So they have seen a an acceleration in whale sightings, some back whale sightings.
4: Well, terrific. I, I yeah. love that. I, I think too. that's great.
1: I think that's great. Down to Battery Park, watch the whales.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And just a quick, quick story. Everything that's old is new again. Dennis Rodman arrived in North Korea.
4: Again. Again. Stop it.
3: Which means Dennis Rodman probably knows more about North Korea than the president does. (laughs) He's
0: Trump's one degree of separation from Kim Jong-un. Don't forget that. Oh,
3: that's just unbelievable. (laughs)
2: your radio, on TV, and online. This is The Bill Press Show. You
1: got it. Tuesday, June 13. Hello, hello, hello. Great to see you. And thank you for jumping on board here. It is The Bill Press Show. We are coming to you live from our studio on Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C., joining on YouTube, youtube.com slash The Bill Press Show, looking at you on Free Speech TV, and uh, out in the Chicago area on WCPT, of course. Uh, and don't forget, we invite you to uh, sign up and be part of the Bill Press team at Patreon, patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O, Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. You got it. Dot com slash BP show. Your parting uh,
3: shot goes up there every single day. You bet. So if you want to get it, you got to go sign up. It's $5 a month. And- we're putting up all kinds of exclusive content. The Greta interview is still up there if you want to see that. Our conversation with Barry Lynn is still up there. And we're still working on...
1: Maxine Waters?
3: Ma- uh, no, Maxine Waters is oh, not up there. okay. But Sorry. we're still working <laughs> what on do I know? our podcast, uh, The Making of Bernie Sanders, which you're going to want to hear.
1: Yeah, I had a good oh, conversation nice. with some people about that yesterday. So, uh, anyhow, all those ways you can join us and or you can... Come right in the studio, like Igor Volsky here. Hello, Igor. It's nice Good to morning. see you.
4: Good to be here. Uh,
1: so, uh, the big news, you, you've you been r- really stirring things up. Front page of the Washington right? Post oh. about in 100 cities in oh. Russia yesterday. Yes. protest.
4: Nationwide. (laughs) Yeah, that (laughs) means good. That means the river of life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Is that
1: right? Putin for life is what that means. (laughs) So this is kind of their, what, women's march on Washington, right? Or the women's march? Yeah.
4: Well, certainly a big attempt to try to fight corruption in Russia organized by one of Putin's loudest opponents. Who was, of course, arrested and has since been sentenced to thirty days in prison. <laughs> naturally, of
1: course, he led a protest, right? Yeah, but
4: it was fascinating because it was the the protest coincided and was planned for a Russian federal holiday. It was like Russia Day or something, you know. When I was I was there, just to be clear, during the Soviet Union days, uh, and so the holidays ah, the were a little days. different. Yeah, were a little different, and so the organizers asked the protesters to bring Russian flags, and lots of people were. Uh, out in public, out in the main areas. Uh, And then as the protesters started chanting and holding up their Russian flags, that's when the uh, Russian police in riot gear started moving in, dragging people, arrested a lot of people, uh, claiming they didn't have uh, the right to protest, didn't have the right licenses to protest, Mm. and so on and so forth. But a common sight, uh, certainly, in Putin's Russia.
1: Right. Uh, But I saw it I thought, you know, why aren't we... Why aren't there people in 100 cities in the United States?
4: Well, oh, there have been. In the streets. And there, there have, have been, been yeah. when you think
1: of the science march, the tax march, the
4: climate march, the women's march. Yeah. And, and you and know the it, town halls. it also I so, think yeah, in town halls, when I read this stuff it just makes you feel, you know, that these are freedoms we sometimes here in the United States take for granted, but uh, they are rights that people bravely try to exercise in places like Russia and elsewhere and can't even do that. So. Right.
1: All right. The big, uh, big uh, docket uh, item on the docket today is Jeff Sessions coming in front of the Senate Intelligence Committee. How do you think he'll be treated? And what do you what do you expect?
4: Well, this is going to be the big test bill. I mean, up until now, you've seen Republicans uh, being very deferential, very uh, working very hard to try to protect this president, which to me is shocking because they don't know how the story ends. Like they don't know what really happened. So they're walking the plank for this president which i will see if they'll continue to do today but sessions will have some big questions to answer number one did he have another meeting with the russians as comey strongly hinted last week in the open session and then how did he react when comey told him that he can't have any more meetings with the president that these yep. meetings are inappropriate and then of course how did sessions feel when the president cleared the room in the Oval Office and spoke to Comey, and now said those infamous words about the Flynn investigation, I
1: hope you'll find a way. That's mm-hmm. right. right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah.
4: Uh, it'll be it'll be very, I think, interesting to see how he answers those questions, whether he contradicts Comey, who gave those answers under oath, and then, of course, how Republicans react. Do they continue to try to shield this White House and this now Attorney General?
1: Plus the question of. Why did you feel it necessary to recuse yourself? And if you had recused yourself, why were you so involved in firing James Comey, the head of the investigation, and then hiring a new FBI director to head the investigation?
4: Yeah, and what I kinds mean, of communications did you have with the president about the investigation? Were you involved in the, in, in the investigation before you recused your, yourself? I mean, he might, he might uh, cite executive privilege. He might uh, say that those communications with the president are confidential but not uh, privileged, and uh, we'll see if they let him get away with that.
1: Is he in some ways sort of like uh, it on, it on the line today? I mean, we know that Donald Trump is upset. These performances, with performances, yeah. Yeah, for, for values yeah. and He was also upset with him when he recused himself because he thought it made Trump look bad. Uh, and that maybe, you know, depending on how he does today, he could. Still be in his job or not?
4: Well, the question also is: uh, Will Bob Mueller be in his job? Because you've now seen these stories coming out, these trial balloons about whether or not the president should ask uh, the what is it, the deputy AG who's overseeing the investigation to fire Mueller. He can't do it directly. But how does uh, does Sessions have any feelings about that? He probably won't answer that question.
1: Um, Just for the for the record, and for our friends uh, watching and listening. It was Christopher Ruddy, who is head of News Newsmax, Newsmax. Uh, who is also a personal friend of the president's, yeah. which is why people do take what he says, because he talks to Trump, uh, who appeared with Judy Woodruff on NewsHour last, PBS NewsHour, strange place for him to appear, at any rate. Uh, considering and,
3: he has a media empire. Yeah, you know. right.
1: Um, but he wanted to get this word out, and he did, reaffirming that this is one thing that Trump may be considering. I think he's considering um perhaps terminating uh the special counsel. I think he's he's weighing that option. I think it's pretty clear by what one of his lawyers said on television recently. Would they be that brazen or that dumb to I fire Robert Mueller? I mean, a, a lot of Mueller? people
4: didn't think he would fire Comey. Remember, people thought this could never happen. This would be insane. The White House has since pushed back on this, saying that he already has not had direct conversations with the president about this, so— uh, it may not be exactly what he's thinking. The question, if this president does decide to go down that road, and remember, when Mueller was first appointed, the White House said, great, now we can have a real kind of um, uh, a clear investigation. It, it can finally be resolved. We can put this behind us. You had a whole yeah. slate yeah, of Republicans right. saying how credible Bob Mueller is and how mm-hmm. he was really the perfect choice, the only man who could do this. I'm wondering what uh, what precipitated these reports. Was it the Comey testimony that they found so damaging, and now they're just trying to somehow make this go away? But clearly, as you point out, it would create an even bigger storm if Mueller was fired. And would the de- Deputy AG agree to do that, or would he resign and saying, "I'm not going to, you know, perform that kind of function"? For Shades
1: you? of, of course, oh. Elliot Richardson and um, and William Markle's house. You, you mentioned. Um, Trump wasn't the only one who praised Robert Mueller when he got his appointment. Newt.
2: Newt Gingrich.
1: In the the middle of May. Robert Mueller is superb choice to be special counsel, he tweeted out. His reputation is impeccable. Uh, But yesterday, Newt (laughs) tweeted out, Mm -hmm. Republicans are delusional if they think the special counsel is going to be fair. Look who he is. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, look, we should know. And look who he's (laughs) hiring. So Nude has just flipped. (laughs) Boom. Mueller's the greatest. Now you can't trust him. Uh, I mean, who Yeah. So is this (laughs) Trump people sort of, is is the word getting out from the White House to some of his surrogates? You know, you got to start dumping on Mueller because we're.
4: Well, there certainly appears to be an effort to trial balloon this and to see how people respond to that kind of possibility. Yeah, trial balloon firing uh, Mueller and to see what kind of... um, how Republicans on the Hill respond, uh, how others respond. I think he he may be considering making that kind of decision. But it doesn't lead... I can't see, uh, sitting here today, how it leads him to a good place. I mean, certainly you'll have outrage on Capitol Hill, certainly from Democrats. I think the push for impeachment that um, uh, that we've heard from just a couple of House Democrats, uh, the Texas representative, uh, who- The Reverend the representative, representative Al Green. Al Green, <laughs> Al Green who kind of uh, helped lead that effort, start get that ball rolling. I think those calls will get louder if you see, because it, it feeds into the narrative of he's trying to obstruct an active investigation and he has something to hide about his dealings with Russia.
1: Could that be the straw that breaks the camel's back? In the, oh, in the sense of, could yeah. that be the, the the thing that gets some Republicans to grow a set of balls and stand up against Trump and say, "No, we can't support this president." I mean, what's it, what's it going to take?
4: Nobody knows what it's going to take. We've been people have been claiming this is going to be it, that, that is going to be it. I have to say, when you have a foreign power meddling in our elections and going so far as to try to get information on voting machines and Republicans are up there trying to defend this president from some, some clear... That this is not even worth
1: looking at. That this at, is right. not
4: even worth looking at, not even bringing it up, not even thinking about ser- seriously, not having an independent commission look into exactly what Russia did so we can never, uh, ha- we would never have to face it in this country again. If that doesn't break the straw's back, I don't know, what, or the camel's back, it, it, I don't look, know. Look, what, what.
3: guys, if we're waiting... For Republicans yeah, we're never gonna, this is to not. save us, we are screwed, and get ready for a second term of Donald Trump. Seriously, I mean, if that's if that's what we're waiting on, we're not going to get out of this.
4: Yeah, I mean, there are you know progressives in Congress who need to fight, who need to fight for this democracy, who need to fight for their constituents, and you know, you saw maybe. Uh, Last night, there was some reporting that the Senate is moving f- moving the health care bill forward, and they're now going to show it to the CBO. Yeah, of course, right. none of us have seen it. The CBO will see the bill, it. In another... Let's
1: face it. The bill would already have passed if it weren't for the obstructionist Democrats.
4: Yeah, right. But, you know, what was troubling is you saw some reporting coming out of of Democrats saying, well, you know, we don't know how what kind of hardball tactics we want to use here. Do we want to uh, kind of uh, – do we want to protest – Hearings? Do we want to withhold unanimous consent, as Republicans had done uh, during um, during Obama? Especially, you remember Tom Coburn; it was a specialty of his. He was called Doctor No. He would slow de- the Senate down to get what he wanted. But there appear to be some, at least, Democratic aides who are telling reporters that their bosses fear that doing those kinds of strong tactics would only unite the republicans and thus make a healthcare bill more likely uh and you know i just have to say that uh lawmakers who fight for their constituents are rewarded and those who are too afraid of their own shadow and don't know how to fight are not if no. we've learned anything yeah. over the last couple of years. But that applies no, to everything. The health care bill, what we're talking about now. I mean, you've got to make a big stink about this. Literally, people's lives are on the line when it comes to health care. Our democracy is on the line when it comes to this Russia stuff. I mean, there's no hiding from it. You could, there's no sand to stick your head in to make any of this go away. No,
1: well said. It seems to me the idea that Democrats ought to be, what, you know, even spending any time, wasting any time thinking about whether they should be fighting tooth and nail everything that these Republicans are trying to do. You
4: know, people ask me, Bill, all the time. I live in a blue state. My uh, senators are Democrats. What can I do? You can urge them to fight. Yeah. Slow the process in the Senate down until Republicans restore democratic norms and take the secret bill they've cooked up and 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 actually yeah. hold hearings, allow people to testify. The millions who would lose coverage—that's what they can do. They yeah. can demand that their senators do everything in their power, including try to shut the Senate down and withhold consent and do everything Republicans did to get their pet pe- pe- projects through to save people's lives. I mean, it's and, not even—it's right. not even close. And
1: the worst thing that could happen, right? is that Mitch McConnell and Donald Trump will call them obstructionists. Yeah, exactly. As, in fact, uh, uh, Trump did that again yesterday in the, if we have that, Jamie, in the, in the cabinet meeting. You know, he says this all the time, right? Uh, but uh, on Democrats, on, on mm-hmm. your point, on health care.
6: If we had the
2: greatest bill in the history of the world on health care, we wouldn't get one vote from the Democrats because they're obstructionists.
1: Yeah, somebody planted that chip in him and it keeps popping up, (laughs) that that, that sound bite. But it's it's absurd because, as you point out, they haven't had, in a sense, they haven't had a chance to be obstructed because
4: we haven't seen the bill. There hasn't been a hearing. No. There hasn't been a vote. But did you hear there was a moment of bipartisanship yesterday? They Uh appeared to be close on the Russian sanctions bill. There's a bipartisan agreement now in the Senate to... codify some of the Russian sanctions so the, the president can't just wave them away. And which uh, is
1: something that the Trump administration is not crazy about. Not right? crazy
4: about. But So that's interesting that you see Republicans on the Hill uh, in the Senate backing away from the president on the Russia sanctions question. There may be a rift here if, if this thing passes.
1: Right. Um, I know Sessions is today. It hasn't been that long. <laughs> um, we were all down at the tune in. Uh, for our own little viewing party for the uh, James Comey testimony, mm-hmm. uh, and the White House went into full uh, attack mode, uh, trying to to disqualify and discredit uh, James Comey. He's just a liar. He's a leaker. Um, Donald Trump didn't order him to do it. He just—we've heard a lot the—he just said, "I hope you will," or whatever. That overall, how do you who who how do you judge? The outcome of that testimony, did the White House, are they, did they successfully, do you think, take some of Comey's fire away or does Comey win that battle?
4: I think in a hearing where Republicans spent a lot of time praising Jim Comey and talking about what an outstanding public servant he has been, how he's one of the most trusted men in Washington who's been here a long time and has done such a terrific job, I think it's difficult when you hold him up against President Trump and his administration, who I think most people outside of the hardcore base know just lies whenever he feels it's convenient – you put those two men together, and I don't think it's even close about who comes up in terms of who would you trust more: this president or the former yeah, FBI
1: director? I, no, I agree with you, and I keep, but I keep. The reason I ask the question is I want to be sure that uh, it, this is not my bias <laughs> coming through; it's an objective reality. I didn't see how anybody could watch Comey, listen to him testify, and then look at the whole string of lies Donald Trump has told as candidate and as president, and, and and then put him on the same category even as it believability <laughs> as a James Comey. I, and I don't see how th- the White House could possibly spin that the outcome of watching Comey and then maybe even having Donald Trump testify under oath is good for Donald Trump.
4: No, 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 no. Whoa. And even partisan Democrats who, you know, are very upset with how Comey... Handled the Clinton investigation, uh, I think had to give it to Comey. That the way he presented himself, the tone that he struck uh, was was just the right one.
1: Um, And uh, so, what about this Donald Trump boasting? Uh, Okay, hundred percent. I'll be glad to testify. Let's do it under oath.
4: Let's do it. I mean, look, I, th- would it surprise people that he probably lies under oath all the time in all the p- <laughs> other cases he have to, he's no. brought against them? No. No. But Isn't let's do it. Don't you yeah.
1: think he's lied under oath many I mean, it's times not, it's already? Not, it's
4: not that I think he lies under oath. I mean, there's all of these stories about how his lawyers have to meet with him in pairs because he lies to them so much, to his <laughs> own lawyers. I mean, the man is a liar. I think that's, like, really well established. It's just something in his character, something he's been doing his whole life, is lying to paint a better picture.
3: Yeah. Yeah, and, like, part of me was thinking, like, okay, it's going to be a lot harder for him to lie as constantly as he does now that he's president, right?
4: Wrong. (laughs) Yeah, I guess not.
3: (laughs) It really is. I mean, really, nothing has changed.
4: No. No. It's who he is. It's It's how he sees the world. He doesn't see the past. He doesn't see the future. He sees the moment. And what can he do to help himself in the moment?
3: I I think one of the best things that was done about sort of who Donald Trump is was before the election, Frontline did uh, Hillary and Donald, right? An hour on each of them. And it just sort of showed this is who they are. This is where they came from. This is what they've been through. This is what we know about them. And... You know, people who've covered New York media for a long time have known exactly who Donald Trump is, right? Like um he's just he's just sort of an asshole, right? That's just kind of who he is. And he's gotten in some trouble, legal trouble, and he's skated and he's shifted the blame and he's paid some fines, but he's avoided jail and stuff like that. Kind of because of who he is. Yeah. And I and like I don't know
4: if he can keep that going on a national level. I just don't know. Well, the question is, how long will it take Republicans to realize that? Right. How low do his approval ratings have to have to uh, fall? The the base will how long will the base stay with Trump? And of course, how long will Republican lawmakers continue to provide cover for this president.
1: So, by the way, I just want to point out the idea that um, Donald Trump, uh, that Melania moving into the White House. <laughs>
4: <that she
1: doesn't laughs> okay, the calming happening? president. The calming it's, it's happened. happened. It's she's oh, happened. She's, she's there already. She's oh, okay. here. Oh, okay. But th- some people said <laughs> as soon as she moves in, the tweets are going to stop <laughs> right. because she'll k- take the phone, you <laughs> uh-huh. know, and the whole thing. No, no, no. Not going to happen. He's been tweeting all morning. He just tweeted again about the Liberal media and the media get it all wrong. The MSM, right, is not you know, not writing any positive stories. So, uh, so, so much for that. Anyway, uh, all right. Um, where can people find your podcast?
4: Oh yes, uh, anywhere you download podcasts, the iTunes, Stitcher, anywhere, Google Play, anywhere. It's called Thinking Cap. It's our weekly podcast about the voices and the news that are driving the resistance. Please give it a listen.
1: Okay. Um got that. So do you find anywhere Thinking Cap? Look Thinking up Cap. Where, where you find our podcast? Find yes, your podcast absolutely. As well. All right. So speaking of the resistance, uh, I want to a- ask you the question that I get all the time. Got it last night at a program here at the Hill Center. Who's the leader of the Democratic Party today?
4: Oh, uh, I don't think the Democratic Party needs a single leader. I think I really don't. I think what we need are... Uh, a strong grassroots energy and movement that will push progressives forward, will push the party forward, and then when we get to the election, you know, you'll have somebody merge. But I don't can, think, can I I don't think right it's going to take can a I single leader. Right I think it's going to take a lot can of people. Can I stop people. you right yeah.
1: there? <laughs> can I give you a high five? Yeah, that's exactly what I said. Yeah. Oh
5: wow! Look at that. <laughs> no, absolutely.
1: Look at that. I said we don't have a leader today, but I don't care. We don't need no, a leader. We don't today. need a leader. The leader today are the American people. Those, I think the, clearly the resistance clearly and it's happening. I mean,
4: you see the the great creativity that's out there. I mean, I do this all the time in my work. People are doing incredible things. Um, in in doing what they can to resist this president in all kinds of super effective smart ways, organizing their neighbors, organizing their communities around the issues that that matter to them. They are the leaders. They are the future.
1: Look and look at these people sh- showing up at the town halls, for example, right? Or when, when these members of Congress won't hold a town hall, they still show up and they hold their citizens' yeah. town hall without the without the congressman, yeah. which is so yeah. cool. It's yeah. such, so creative. Yeah, you know. That that one picture of the people out front of Daryl Isis' office—he didn't have time to meet with them, and and they said he was so busy and everything—and then somebody got a shot. He was on the roof. Do you see that? Yep. Yeah. He was on the yep. roof of the building, this, looking down. This <laughs> yeah. Just phony, this is phony, yeah, right? Right. But they're doing things like these citizen town halls, you know, um, and and, and the, all the different marches, right, that have taken place. No, it's it, and you've got our revolution indivisible. The town hall project. God, I don't even know all the organizations. EMILY's List, yeah. aclu they're all out there move organizing. On, yeah. Move
4: on. Like, move on. Thank you. How did yeah. I forget them? Like never before. Like never before. And that's the definition of democracy. It's the people. Power is with the people. It's more true now than it ever was before. And the people are really, I think, for the first time in many, many years in this country, are... Are, are doing what they can to fight and take back the power. They're and, the true leaders. And yeah,
1: and the challenge, too, is to keep that energy going yeah. and also to funnel it, like yeah. funnel it and channel it. The other thing I love is that there is a real – people, I think, really are aware of the fact that the focus can't be just on, like, U.S. Senate and the White House. It's got to be on school boards. It's yep. got to be on city and, council, state legislative yep. races, governor's races.
4: And can I just say quickly, yep. uh, as we talk about channeling energy, this is a critical week for healthcare in the Senate. Senate Republicans have to hear from their constituents about not supporting a bill that would take coverage away from 23 million people. Yeah, yeah. If folks go to TrumpCareToolkit.org trumpcaretoolkit.org. We have a whip list there of the key senators you have to contact, information about how many people would lose coverage in every single state under this bill. Um, You can call their offices. The numbers are there. uh, And lots of other actions that you can take to plug in to put pressure this week. It's the key week. They want to get this bill rammed through the Senate before the July 4th recess. We have to start now or it will be too late. trumpcaretoolkit.org. Uh, for you to take action, that and stop is so the important bill.
1: because you know a lot of stuff is happening as we've on under the radar. Everybody, you know, we're talking about the Comey hearing, yep. the Jeff Sessions hearing. Meanwhile, the House passed a bill that's going to repeal Dodd Frank. Yeah, very who's quietly. talking about that? They yeah, did that, and the Senate. While the word was that the House health care bill was going to be dead on arrival in the Senate, and the Senate might not do anything. That's not true. The Senate Republicans are very trying trying to, under mm-hmm. the radar, get a bill through. That will be as bad as a House it's bill. It's the same
4: bill. Yeah. It's the yeah. same bill with yeah. a couple of small
1: modifications. So, um, Peter, we should uh, put that link up too to TrumpCareToolkit.org. People really raise hell with yes. their senators. They the Democrats need to, to hear block from it you. and Republicans yes. not to go along yes. there. And there, there are a few Republicans who are... Not quite. I mean, there are a couple maybe like
4: Susan Collins, but you need more than just Susan Collins to make this happen.
1: Yeah, indeed. As good as she is, Jamie, from Maine. (laughs) She has her downfalls. (laughs) (laughs) Good to see you, my friend. Good to see you. Good to be here. You can follow uh, Igor, of course, at AmericanProgress.org and chime in and help out with TrumpCareToolkit.org adam smith from every voice on this big lawsuit filed yesterday about donald trump and the emoluments clause more of that coming up
2: we thank you for the opportunity and the blessing that you've given us to serve your agenda and the american people and we're continuing to work very hard every day to accomplish those goals follow us on twitter at bpshow this is the bill press show Video, Bill's Commentary, the best clips from the show, all in one place. YouTube.com slash The Bill Press Show.
1: Good to see you on this Tuesday, Tuesday, June 13, uh, The Bill Press Show. We are here on Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C., bringing you the news of the day from our nation's capital around the country and uh, around the globe. Uh, joining you coast to coast on YouTube, on WCPT, in Chicago, and on Free Speech TV as well as on our podcast, uh, go to BillPressShow.com or iTunes and follow our podcast. And we're brought to you today by the good folks at Amalgamated Bank under President Keith Mestrich. You, uh, He's a true progressive leader and Amalgamated, for almost a century now, has been the bank of choice for progressive organizations and individuals nationwide. You too, wherever you are in the country, can bank at Amalgamated, be a proud progressive at the same time. Go to their website at AmalgamatedBank.com. Big news yesterday where the attorney generals for the District of Columbia and the state of Maryland actually filed a lawsuit against the President of the United States, uh, accusing him of violating the Emoluments Clause of the Constitution by taking money from foreign governments uh, through his hotels and his businesses in this area. Carl Racine is the attorney general for the District of Columbia. Uh, at a news conference yesterday, announcing this uh, very, very uh, newsworthy and important lawsuit.
3: The state of Maryland and the District of Columbia filed a lawsuit in federal court against the president of the United States.
1: We have never seen, he says, anything like this before.
3: Never in the history of this country have we had a president with these kinds of extensive business entanglements, or a president who refused to adequately distance themselves
1: from their holdings. And the attorney general for the uh, state of Maryland, Brian Frosch, uh points out that Donald Trump himself is out there hustling business.
2: He's pitched the Trump International Hotel to foreign diplomats and to government officials. He appears frequently at Trump establishments, using his role as president as a marketing device to raise their public profile.
1: Adam Smith has been with us before, talking uh, about uh, this problem and what we might do about it. He and took and the really...
2: words right
3: out
7: of your mouth, yeah, uh, he Adam. Did. <laughs> <started a couple laughs> good morning, good show. morning, Adam.
1: <laughs> Adam, so it's good to see you. Good to see you. Uh, this, this kind of. Brings the whole issue right to the fore. Huh?
7: Absolutely, you know, and what Brian Fro- uh, Brian Frosch said yesterday uh, also was really summed it up. He said the American people shouldn't have to question whether the president is doing what's best for them or what's best for his bank account, and that exactly is what's happening uh, by him maintaining an ownership st- ownership uh, stake and these businesses.
1: Right. So, um, <coughs> first of all does beg the question, I didn't know you could sue the president of the United
7: States. Well, we're in really uncharted territory here. Uh, that's absolutely true. This has never happened. The, um, you know, this isn't, you know, you know uh, Congress telling Andrew Jackson that he can't accept a gold medal from Simon Bolivar, right? This is a very different situation. And so this is unprecedented. And um, this case brings a lot more weight uh, to the other uh, lawsuits that have already been filed.
1: By and so, is this is this the lawsuit that crew? So Fine. that's different.
7: So okay. there's a couple things. Crew back in January, as soon as Trump was inaugurated, filed their lawsuit against Trump, saying he violated the, yeah. the this foreign bribery clause. Uh, and then they've added other uh, plaintiffs to that case, uh, a bar owner um, in Washington, and there yeah. are a few others. Uh, but this is the first time a, a state government has taken action to sue the president over these issues. And some of the experts think that they have a, their standing is, is stronger. Uh, the Frosch and Racine basically made the case that because people are uh, gravitating to Trump's hotel, foreign governments, lobbyists, trade associations, they're actually taking away businesses, business from the Washington and Maryland state owned operations, like the, the convention center in downtown yeah, um, or right. state owned convention centers and conference centers in Maryland. So they're facing real injury from the president uh, profiting off his presidency.
1: Right. Um, so this is probably headed to the Supreme Court eventually one but would-
7: yeah. We'll see. The 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 real question is whether this gets into court at all or whether it'll be dismissed out of hand. Um, and the question – and that's what we don't know will happen because it is so unprecedented. Uh, last week, uh, the Department of Justice responded to Cruz's initial suit uh, saying that it should be dismissed and that basically the president can accept – can take uh, foreign payments from as many people as he wants and as many amounts as he wants and he hasn't violated the Constitution.
1: Well, yeah. What My reading of that Department of Justice um, response was that when the Founding Fathers were talking about the emoluments yeah. wrote the emoluments clause into the Constitution, they were talking about like a foreign government or foreign leader giving uh, an American leader money in his pocket, right? Not business transactions, like yeah. making money from... Th- this was the DOJ, yeah. I think, yeah. version that, well, it's different if he's offering uh, like... A product, you know, a hotel room or meeting right, rooms right. or something like that. That's a business transaction. That's not what the Founding Fathers had in mind. How I think that's know?
7: I think that's a real tortured read of our too, history but, and of yeah. the Founding Fathers. F- uh, uh, their founding intent. I mean, we literally fought a war about foreign influence, right? We broke the yoke of a foreign like tyranny, and for the, them to say the founders didn't mean that. Donald Trump is the example. He's the the one that our founders feared when they wrote that thing. And there's this sort of thing: oh, well, George Washington had a farm, or you know, Thomas Jefferson was in debt to foreign creditors. They wouldn't have done something that was against them. It's like hypocrisy also isn't new in politics, but the the framers clearly had this in mind and Donald Trump was who they worried about. And um, uh, it's going to be really interesting to get this through the courts. And also, the thing that will be really interesting... <clears throat> Is the discovery phase? So if we get past, if the court, if these lawsuits aren't oh, dismissed, wow. yeah. and we get to discovery, that means Donald Trump's tax returns. And I think, yeah, that,
3: bitch, let's yeah, see him, exactly. let's get him out. Exactly. I want to <laughs> see those. And, that I'm waiting for. And
7: that, e- even if the case is dismissed, which I don't think it should be dismissed, and I think it should go to trial, that would be a big win for these. If we do finally get to see his tax returns, because that is a, a key point of all of this. We know that Donald Trump is already profiting from foreign governments. The, the uh, saudi saudi arabia 's lobbyists spent two hundred and seventy thousand dollars in the last quarter at trump 's hotel as they were lobbying on a bill to um, uh, lobbying against a bill that would allow uh, victims of nine eleven to sue governments like saudi Arabia and they spent two hundred and seventy thousand dollars that 's just what we know about and the only reason we know about it is be- it was required to be disclosed with foreign uh, lobbyist filings
1: yeah so they are, and the word is out among uh emissaries that coming to Washington, yeah, if you really want to curry favor with the administration, you have your events at the trump international Hotel, you Absolutely. Bring, you you book rooms there right I, everybody knows there. it it's right yeah.
7: uh, every day you're seeing events it's not and it 's not like the the foreign bribery is a big issue, but it's also trade associations are having events there. Um, Trump donors are, when they're coming to town, they're staying there. They know what this is, and uh, one of the big issues is that when Trump said, I'm going to leave my business, I'm gonna isolate myself, I'm not gonna have any reports, he was just lying. Uh, Eric Trump, who is my favorite Trump, um, has said that he's giving his dad quarterly reports on the business. Donald Trump knows how the business is doing, and he'll know if, uh, new clients are coming in and he'll know uh, who has his back and uh, we know that he is friendly to people who are friendly to him and it just puts this cloud of corruption over the entire administration and uh, really uh, makes people wonder who he's working for.
1: Well I mean first of all that whole firewall supposedly that was yeah. erected between the two sons who are on this side they will just strictly pay attention to the business and have nothing to do with politics on on this side, the father who is just going to run the country and have nothing to do with the business. I mean, they're both going. Yeah, I mean, every cross the line. Absolutely, the sons are on television now every day. Yes. Uh, attacking James Comey or making political comments. Right. Yeah, uh, and then and, and Donald Trump is soliciting help every right. time he goes to his golf yeah. course.
7: Every right? promise he made in that conflicts press conference, he has broken. You know, I will isolate sell myself from my company. Uh, I'm going to go to my my one of my properties every weekend and my son's going to give me reports. You know, we're not going to have any new foreign deals The the Trump sons started a new hotel deal in the Dominican Republic. Uh, That that's a new deal. Uh, The China approving trademarks. Those are new deals. Um, He said he was going to appoint an ethics officer to vet these rules. They appointed a Trump attorney and a Republican election lawyer who won't actually say how they're vetting these things. They have broken every single promise that they made.
1: And by the way, meanwhile, Ivanka still has her line of yes. accessories and fashion yeah. right now. They, they, yes, does Melania do. still have her line
7: of. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure about Melania's. Ivanka is technically not in charge of the day to day, it's the same situation. Well, it's the but- same should deal, yeah, right? Absolutely. The the trust is as transparent as a window, as someone said. You know, they know where the, what the assets are. They know where the money is coming from, and we don't know if that's influencing um uh, these decisions that they're making.
1: And with Ivanka's company, famously she just got new licenses the day that Trump was having dinner with President G yeah, and absolutely. and the beautiful chocolate cake.
7: Right, right. It's just it's <sighs> it's really wild. Uh they it's just so blatant. It's just a money-making
1: yeah. operation, isn't yeah. it? I yeah. Yeah, and the
7: whole the whole family. Yeah. A right? couple. Yeah. Like two weeks ago, there was this story in the New York times about Bedminster, his golf course in New Jersey and how the New York times reporter was handed this brochure. Uh, this like marketing brochure and said, you know, and you know, maybe Trump will surprise guests at your wedding. You should be respectful, which is saying uh, we're, it's a marketing tool, right? Yes, exactly. And then the, the times were like, well, they have discontinued that brochure. But then last weekend, what did Donald Trump do in Bedminster? <laughs> Crashed weddings.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
7: It, it's absolutely he I mean he knows what he's doing, and if you are someone who likes the president uh, or wants to see him, why would you not book one of his events, or one of his golf courses because you might get access to it? It's so funny like
3: Trump is a businessman and yeah. he ran on being a businessman, but he's also just a terrible businessman. like you're the leader of the free world. If you really wanted to cash in, you could really cash in, but this is such small potatoes. Realistically, I'm not trying to. Yeah, be, oh, I I'm could, not trying yeah. to be gross about it. Like, but like, hey, if he hey. wanted to go nuts,
2: oh, yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: you're better than like a meet and greet appearance at somebody's wedding. Yeah.
1: Well, right. But, you, but that's
7: all he can do.
1: You just wait till he's out of the White House.
7: Yeah, and yeah. The, and, no, I know. And the
1: hotel, oh hotel, hotel deals. He'll well, do that's then. the thing. His yeah. the
7: new hotel, it's the a, new like mid market hotel line. His sons are starting. Will be in those hotels are going to go up in areas where Trump did really well politically, right? You're going to have friendly local politicians who can deal with zoning laws and then and, and, and that sort of thing. And I think um, it's just another way uh, in. And, and the thing is what we've seen around the world historically is the family is also a way to corrupt. You know... Uh, Every people use family members to get to the president and that we've seen that all around the world and it's, it's happening here and it's, it's just so blatant and one of the things that's so galling about it is here they are profiting off the presidency making millions of dollars uh, from taxpayers and from his position while pushing policies that'll hurt all these people you know here he is saying uh, come spend money at my hotel while I want to rip health insurance away from millions of people and that's what really stands out to me is he doesn't care about all these other people he's just trying to make a buck for himself
1: Right. Um, the Back to this lawsuit. Yeah. So it's um, the District of Columbia and uh, the state of Maryland who really – it seems to me – this question is, you say, if they get into court. Yeah. It seems to me they would have a better chance maybe – you could add Virginia to that at any rate because of the proximity to the Trump International Hotel. Yeah. So they could really reflect it, – it, these are our constituents, our citizens – who are adversely affected by the um, corporate advantage or the commercial advantage that having a president pimp your hotel, yeah. his own hotel property is, right? Absolutely. So so that leads to my question. Could other states maybe join this, other attorney generals around? Oh. Uh, it would be a harder case to make, however, though, yeah. w- wouldn't it?
7: I, I think it would be, but they could. I mean, there are properties Maybe in, Florida, in or... New Jersey, in Florida, in Vegas. You know, uh, I think if you can make the case that uh, I'm just thinking, there's a Trump, yeah, Vegas
1: for sure, and in the Chicago, big, in Chicago, the big Trump Tower in yeah. Chicago. There are yeah. these
7: places. Every, I mean, the, one, the thing about the Trump Hotel is, 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 is like a, hmm. it's a conference hotel. You can have conferences there. It's near the seat of power, and so it, I think it just makes more sense, like looking at it. Right. But I, yeah, I, I think I think Frosh and Racine said where we. Welcome other states to join us. Um, you could probably make the case in Florida, where he has a golf course and uh, Mar-a-Lago, so two separate things, and people hold events there. Um, I'm sure there are state-owned convention centers and conferences in Florida uh, that could be impacted. Though I don't see uh, Pam Bondi um, no. running those lawsuits anytime soon. No, after she killed a lawsuit after taking a donation from him.
1: Right. Uh, <laughs> no, but but in some of those states where there is a Democrat, pardon me, a Democratic Attorney General, absolutely. Uh, I'm just trying to think if there are any. Trump properties in California, I don't know of. I don't know. I I'm
7: don't think so. Not that I remember. I,
1: I, I can't. I can't remember at any yeah. rate.
7: But yeah, and I mean, he has golf courses in Virginia too, right? Yeah. Um He has the winery. You know, there, I think there are, there's. You can make a case for. So other we sticks. could add, uh, There is yep. a Trump
3: National Golf Club in Los Angeles. Oh, hmm. really? Really? On the Palos Verdes Peninsula. And that could
7: be one of those licensing deals where he has nothing yeah, to do with be. it. Right. It's just right. The right. Name.
1: Yeah. No, I don't think it was there when I was living there, but we certainly get it. We could get maybe Illinois, maybe Nevada, maybe Virginia into the mix as well.
7: Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I think I think it's good. I mean, people need to know more about this. And I think it's really great that people are fighting uh, fighting this because it really is like uh, about the integrity of our democracy and the integrity of our election system that the president isn't. Uh, co-opted or co- coerced by foreign individuals.
1: Well, you say, that's what you say. That's yeah. not what Sean Spicer says. Uh, <laughs> this question was raised yesterday uh, yeah. uh, at the briefing. He he confuses the different, the two lawsuits, uh, yeah. but... But he dismisses this at just nothing but uh, here he is. Sean.
4: This person. lawsuit today is just another iteration of the, the case that was filed by uh, that group crew, um, filed actually by the same lawyers. So it's not hard to conclude that partisan politics may be one of the motivations behind the seat.
0: Purely partisan
1: politics. Uh,
7: so <laughs> partisan but, politics is the former head of the RNC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right. Yeah,
1: right. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So when you say a, a, a group of citizens for responsibility and ethics in Washington – yeah, that's just a democratic uh only democrats are interested yeah. in ethics and responsibility. Well, just in and just because
7: it's partisan does not mean it's not a lawsuit with merits, right? Uh, like right. that's just yeah. how politics is these days. It doesn't that doesn't change the fact that it's uh, yeah. uh that this lawsuit is is a good thing to do and and could cause real problems and
1: raises an important issue. Absolutely. Has, it, has historically <clears throat> has this ever uh, let, let's let's be honest. Yeah, I never heard of the word "damn word emoluments" until right. we started talking about this with you a yeah. couple That's a months lot ago. Adams. Yeah, right. It's not your fault. I know exactly. I know. But has the emoluments clause ever been tested before in the history of this so country? It,
7: not through the courts. Uh, What has happened is Congress. So what Congress can decide that the president can accept emoluments. Right. So like there's a situation I mentioned earlier, um, uh, Simone Bolivar was like, here's a gold medal, Andrew Jackson. And Congress said, no, you can't accept that. And usually they just don't accept the gifts. You know, there's another example I love that, like the king of Siam wanted to give Abraham Lincoln some war elephants and he turned them down. Um, so the so usually people turn these things down, uh, but Congress Trump could, would take them. Right? Trump would take war elephants. And Congress could <laughs> so war on elephants. the south lawn of the yeah, White yeah, House. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so right now, Congress could pass a bill that says Donald Trump can receive foreign payments from Saudi lobbyists and give him a total pass on so all this Congress,
1: stuff. So ha- Congress, that's interesting. Congress has a uh, they, they can sort of. Uh, um, under uh, bypass the Constitution by saying this gift you can take.
7: Yes, the Congress can do that. Uh, though I, I I don't see any. I don't see Republicans uh, 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 tacitly approving in any way uh, Donald Trump's acceptance of foreign profits. Uh, I, I would love for them to have to vote on it. But uh, yeah, they could. Uh, they could approve these things. But it has never been tested in the courts.
1: Right. And for the Justice Department to try to make this distinction between gifts that are given to you just because you are who you are and and you put them in your own pocket as opposed to money that you happen to make as a businessman yeah. through your legitimate pre-existing businesses is different. Yeah, yeah,
7: I, I think it's a weird distinction. And it's also it's sort of an extraordinary document. Here is our government, our government's top lawyer saying the president of the United States can collect as many foreign profits as he wants without consequence. And I think it, it, that's just wild to me that, that we're in this position where we're defending that uh, when, you know, the, it just goes against, I think, the, our, so our American ideals and, and what we are founded on. There's this
1: other issue that hasn't been resolved related to the Mm -hmm. Trump Hotel, which I don't think is a subject of this lawsuit, which is the lease.
7: So that actually is. So that's part of this D.C. Maryland lawsuit. So there's there's the foreign emoluments clause. Then there's the domestic emoluments clause. And so that clause says that um, basically says Trump can't take um, money or payments from a government outside of his salary. And uh, because the GSA owns the old post office that Trump's hotel is at, uh, he's doing exactly that. So this lawsuit also uh, challenges him on the domestic front.
1: So a federal employee cannot rent property from.
7: Yeah, the if they're GSA. taking, they can only take a salary. They can't take other payments. Okay. Yeah.
1: Right. And now that's that's the wording of the lease, correct? The but, it, it's in the
7: uh, yes the lease uh, they made some changes to the lease but it's still Trump owns the hotel right. so because he owns the hotel he is the but, but but the
1: point I'm getting to is that the landlord is the G, what's yeah
7: it? he's the he's the landlord and the renter
1: yeah but the government agency is the uh, office uh,
7: is the GS, GSA owns the GSA owns that's, the old post office to. okay and so the,
1: GSA is the is the landlord. They got the lease. Why doesn't GSA enforce the lease and throw Donald Trump really out of the question. hotel? This is a really good question. And
7: they put out this sort of wild memo a couple months ago that people really raised some Everybody said about.
1: this ahead of time, that on day one, yeah. Donald Trump is going to be in violation of that lease, a yeah. violation of the law. And it was up to GSA – yeah. to enforce the law. Yeah, and the GSA put out this they memo. They need to go to the Supreme Yeah, this Court. official
7: put it out, who I actually think left the GSA. So it, that was also very strange. But yeah, I mean, you can imagine why uh, the president shouldn't be allowed to have property owned by the government and sort of the influence yeah, problems that yeah. could cause. Oh, I want a deal? I want a deal on this thing that you own. Is the GSA going to say, sorry, you can't have that deal? Like It, it adds this undue influence and gives the president a real bullying power and um, causes some problems.
1: And but so GSA just has looked the other way.
7: Yes, basically they 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 came out. They put together sort of a weak defense, saying that it was totally fine. Uh, uh, Yeah, this seems so cut and dry.
1: Yeah, you just wonder why people, you know. Give up any anymore, right? I mean, this is you're right. This is a black and white situation. Yeah, you either you're either yeah. in violation of the lease or you're not. He is, and they're doing nothing about it. Yeah, it's, it's a almost, classic it, Donald Trump of getting away with murder.
3: Getting away with murder, and it's also like there's so much stuff coming at us. Like, how can we park it on yeah. this issue to deal with it when we're also looking at like. You know the death of the planet by pulling right. out the Paris that's, Accords.
7: And yeah, the- that's why I think it's so important to talk about these things in context with those other, yeah, with all those other items. No, you know, it like, really There's important. a regulation that Trump's EPA rolled back that will benefit his golf courses, right? The um, uh, you know Dodd Frank ro- uh, rollbacks, right? That he's a real estate investor, right? He he will benefit from regulations weakening Wall Street, and I think that's important to talk about in the context of this. this isn't just about Trump being corrupt; it's he's corrupt while hurting other people, and I think that's yeah. why we need to talk about it that way. And I do think over time these stories will build on each other, and you're going to see that over time it's going to. And that's why I think some of these lawsuits are important publicly too, is because more people are now talking about emoluments, and you're going to keep seeing more stories. And people start to learn just how corrupt it is and how bad the problem is.
1: I think you could make the case
7: uh, and build a case
1: uh, with lots of evidence that Donald Trump decided to run for president as a money-making proposition. Yeah, yeah, for his empire. Yeah, that he had kind of. A, I mean, let's face it; he may not be worth ten billion, whatever mm-hmm. he says. But it's a damn successful yeah. international business. And he may have felt that he had um, risen as high as he could, right, mm-hmm. or achieved as much as he could doing the way thing he was doing things and looking for a way that he could vastly expand his That's influence right. and global presence. It's what like, if I were president yeah. of the United States? Think what we could do. I, I'm telling you, yeah. I can see that he that he sat down with his, some of his advisors and said, this this is the this is the way we can really make a lot of yeah. money.
7: It's a marketing stunt that got really out of hand. Yeah, right. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. And then, who would have thought that yeah. the American people would be crazy
7: enough
1: right. to, yeah, to, to to let it happen? Yeah, that's absolutely. But now that right. he's there, he is going to make every buck that he can in yeah, any way that he can. That's right.
7: I mean, even these, we don't even know how much the government's spending on all these trips to his properties. Mm. He's well, been, I think, it is his properties what? 42 days or something out of the 143 he's been in office. Completely ludicrous. And every time he does that, he's making taxpayer money off of it.
1: Sure. Because we're paying for all all the events and just the space, the people that stay there. Oh, my God. Every Voice. Adam, it's good that you're on top of this. Uh, It is everyvoice.org. So this lawsuit was just filed yesterday. Yep. Uh, it'll be moving. It'll be, it'll be a while. They'll be. Yeah. yeah. The,
7: you know, the the crew lawsuit was filed in January. DOJ responded last week. So yeah. it, it, these things take time.
1: Yeah. This issue is not going to go away. Nope. And it's a very, very important issue. It's good that you're on top of it. Thanks, Adam, for yeah, coming thanks in. Thanks for having me. All right. And we will leave the rest of Tuesday to you. Watch Jeff Sessions this afternoon. We'll be talking about it tomorrow. So come back and see us tomorrow. We'll be looking for you. This Have a good one.
2: is The Bill Press Show.